Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today I get the special honor of interviewing someone that we've we've tried to kind of meet up a few times before, but then I, I stopped the podcast for a year, and then we, we got back, and I've just been uh, inspired by all his activity on social media and his drive to help chiropractors um, kind of get to that next level of success and, uh, and, and help as many people as we can in the world, because we have probably the best kept secret in the world that's been uh, that's been sheltered and a lot of students come through school and they, they've kind of lost all their purpose and uh, kind of taken the wind out of their sails. And so it gives me great pleasure to uh, welcome Dr. Ting, Tim Young to the podcast. Welcome, Dr. Tim. Thank you. I sure do appreciate you taking your time to spend with me. This was wonderful. Yeah, this is good. You've been a, a graduate of Cleveland Chiropractic College, right? In, back in... Uh, yeah, 93. I got graduate. Well, I graduated in 93 and then, you know, you do a preceptorship. So I worked with my uncle right out of school as a preceptorship. So they actually consider you graduating in 94, but I walked the stage in 93. It seems like it's weird. It seems like an attorney, but yesterday it's kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, because, um, and then Cleveland, they closed, didn't they? No, the one in LA did. The one in LA did. Okay. The one in Kansas City um, it's still, and it's moved, it's moved several times, but now they have a, a big, beautiful uh, campus over on the Kansas side. I mean, it's, it's a sprawling campus. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing, actually. That's awesome. Well, that's cool. It's, it's, it's nice to kind of get to know where all those schools are. And, and so when you, what, what actually got you into chiropractic in the first place? What was the thing that inspired you? So I'll make a very long story short. I know we got 30 <laughs> minutes, but you know, it, it Really, in essence, I, my, um, what happened was my uncle was a chiropractor. I'm originally from Springfield, Missouri, Southwest Missouri, mm-hmm. where I'm originally from. And my uncle was a chiropractor. And, you know, as a kid and, in, 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 you know, middle school and high school, I played football. I wrestled, you know, and I'd throw a rib and I'd always go to see Uncle Bill, right? Yeah. Well, when I was uh, 19 years old, I was, um, when I was 18, I guess I was 18 years old, the year that I graduated, 1985. I was in a really severe car accident and I broke my lower back, um, broke a bunch of ribs. I mean, it was, I shouldn't have walked away from the accident. It was one of those, right? Right. Well, the orthopedic doctors, the, you know, all the, they looked at the MRIs, they looked at everything. They said, well, you know, you, you'll never, you know, and I just want, I started being a bodybuilder, right? I wanted, I was always small and I just started bodybuilding. I mean, I was, I was infatuated with it, just obsessed. Well, they come back to me and they said, look, you know, you've, you've, you've fractured your spine you know, you've got all these injuries, your bodybuilding days are over. You're going to have to quit lifting heavy weights and you're probably going to limp with this. You'll have this a noticeable limp for the rest of your life. Well, you know, you can only imagine being 18 years old and being told this, right? So I could barely walk. I mean, it's swelling my lower back. Well, when I got where I could, you know, kind of get around, I went to see my uncle Bill and I told him, you know, what they said. Now he's He's not the chiropractor that a lot of us know. He, we, I called him an old hillbilly chiropractor. He's passed now. But he, uh, he didn't take x-rays. He didn't do exams. He just put hands on. And I told him what they said. And he kind of smiled. He said, is that right? 
And he had a few other choice words that I won't share with everybody, but um, he said, get on the table. And he started adjusting me. Six weeks later, from that moment, I was back in the gym. Six months later, I won Teenage Mr. Missouri in uh, 1986. And I competed for almost 30 years, actually. So with that being said, I, you know, that planted a seed real deep in there. Wow. I didn't know what happened. I just know when saw Uncle Bill and it went away. But I had dreams and aspirations. I, I joined the Navy. I was going to be a Navy SEAL. That was all I could think about. I was going to be a SEAL. And so I get through boot camp. I get through my first school. They send me to Great Lakes, Chicago. And um, I'm in my second school and I'm preparing to get myself in shape to get ready to go to budding to try to at least try out for it, right? Yeah. Well, when I joined the Navy, my um, recruiting officer, I told him about this accent. He said, well, I never heard that. I didn't hear you say that. So they omitted this from because I wouldn't have got in. They wouldn't have allowed me to come in if they had known I'd had this previous accent, right? So I started having all these lower back pain and I'm 21 years old. I don't, I don't know. I just, my back hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm doing crazy stuff, trying to get ready, get in shape. Well, so the military doctors, they do all their tests and their MRIs and their CTs and all this stuff. And so they did all these things and they called me in and this is the summer. This is, well, it's like the spring of 1988, 89, I guess spring of 89 is when it was. And they called me into the medical building and, and I'm standing there parade rest and, you know, I'm young, young sailor. And they said, uh, Seaman Young, we, uh, it's this lady, she's reading out of this folder and I could see this like it was yesterday. She said, they say here that, um, they know you have a problem. They don't know what it is. So they're uh, recommending exploratory back surgery. Well, you got to understand, um, I'm not very bright. I am 21 year old kid from the Hills way deep country. I've never been anywhere. I'm not educated, but I do know this. The words exploratory and back surgery should never be put together in the same sentence. And I said, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. You there, you know, um, no, we're not going to do that. She really confused. I remember the look on her face and she looked at her chart. She looked down and said, well, I guess the only thing we can do is send you home. At that moment, at that very moment, God laid his hand on my shoulder and said, Go be a chiropractor. And that's the only way I can describe it as a sense of peace came over me, um, a knowing. Now, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what being a chiropractor meant. It had nothing to do with how many patients or being successful or helping people. It had all I knew in my heart that that's what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, send me home. So long story. I know I get out of the Navy. I move home. I build chain link fence for six months until I start. January, my undergrad, and I never stopped till I got my degree. And so that was, uh, you know, I when I when when I tell people that you're not chose or you you do not choose to be a chiropractor, that God chooses you, I say that from personal experience, and and, and I felt it, I experienced it, and I know it, and that's why I'm here today. That's why I have so much passion for what I do because it's it's my God calling. That's right. And then I think the key point is that you didn't have to know all the stuff about chiropractic. You just knew that that was your calling, right? Because th- I knew still, nothing about it. That will still unfold the story, right? As, as we go, yeah. but that's the, that's the initial calling. So when you went to chiropractic school, um, what was your experience in chiropractic school? Was it like, as we always talk about, you know, a lot of schools are kind of on that mechanistic pain-based scale. Um, when did, did you get any of that taste in school? Well, you know, what's interesting is I got the tail end of, I got the, I got the tail end of the vitalism, vitalism and the, the, the very beginning of the mechanism coming in. I got, I was, I, fortunately, I got the tail end of the vitalism 
And I had one, and he's 80 years old today, Dr. Hugo Gibson. Yes. He's my, he's my hero. He's one of my closest friends. He's a mentor, a teacher, my hero. He was my teacher in school. And thank the Lord for him. God put him and us in our lives together because he, he taught me, he spoke chiropractic uh, principles into my heart. And I didn't even know what was going on, right? You're, you're a young student. You don't know what, I, again, I don't understand these things. And again, when I say I'm not, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife. I'm not a, me- I'm not a mechanical person. I, I'm more of a philosophically big, big picture person. I understand. Right. I, I understand what love means. Now, don't, don't expect me to, you know, write a dissertation on it. Right. I just, I just know, well, Dr. Gibson, spoke that into and, and I any and, he, and all um, so many of the lessons that I learned even back in school that I carry with me today so fortunately before you know and then you know then they came in and, and you know I won't name names because I've been in trouble for doing that but someone came in behind me that I actually went to school with became a clinician and worked in a ended up getting him fired so they got rid of everybody in that school that had anything to do with vitalism so they could replace it with mechanism. And that's what it is today. It's just a purely mechanistic school. And uh, that's where the majority of schools, um, there's, yep. there's three that aren't. And I, and, I, and I just got back from one of them and they allowed me to come on campus and teach the whole, the whole school that, you know, they, that's what they're still looking for. But unfortunately, that's, but I, I, I was fortunate enough to get the tail end of the, the vitalistic uh, processes. Yeah. That's great. And so, and again, I know it like some, there's some amazing chiropractors out there that even did end up having to go to mechanistic schools because they didn't know anything about this whole spectrum in chiropractic and they still, they still turned out pretty good. But how, how would you uh, describe your first uh, entry into chiropractic? Because if you got kind of that, both the, the tail end of the vitalism, beginning of mechanism, how was it for you when you first started practice? You know, and, and I'm, I'm glad you're asking that because that's one of the reasons why I push so hard. You made a comment about my social media and stuff. You haven't seen anything yet. I'm going to 10X it because here's why. When I got through school, again, I knew nothing about success, about collections, about consultation report funding. I didn't know anything at all. I just knew you took these two hands and you you moved a bone. And Dr. Gibson said, move a bone, get out of the way, let everything else take care of itself. Well, that's fine, except for it's hard to feed a family with that philosophy, right? Yeah. And so coming out of school... You know, I went, I, 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 again, very long story short, I, I got out of chiropractic school. I took national boards. Back then you had to take part three. There mm-hmm. wasn't even a part four to be able to get, a, and I was going to go back to Missouri and practice with my uncle. Well, I never passed part three. I took it three times and failed it all three times by one question, all three times. It's like, how do you do that? Right? So what happened was in Oklahoma where I'm at now, uh, we, I just started my 28th year in Oklahoma. They didn't require they didn't require part three if you could pass their state test because it was so hard. Well, again, big, long story. I ended up passing it, got my license. I just met my wife that we just started dating. Um, and then we moved to Oklahoma. I got a job as an associate working for the couple of doctors that um, I went to school with. Came to, came to the, five months into it, came to the office one day. Um, my locks had been changed. The office had been shut down and they moved it without telling me. So wow. I'm standing there. With my key not working, finding out what they did, I've got two new daughters, my, my girls that I adopted, two okay. brand new, they're, they're, they're two, and se- two and nine, um, a brand new wife that's pregnant with our first baby on the way. We have moved to Oklahoma from Missouri. We don't know anyone. We have no friends. We have no family. When I say, brother, we have no money, I, I mean, we have zero money. 
We negative, no actually negative, probably. <laughs> well, we had a credit card with a thousand dollar limit, and five hundred of it we spent on our wedding and, and honeymoon. We have a five hundred dollars to in a family of five, right? And it's just it was pretty unbelievable when I step back and look at that. But it's you know again you know it it, it created who I am today. But with that being said, then I go to my next associate position and it, another train wreck. I worked there for a year, and but I just kept adjusting. I believed in chiropractic so much. I, I believed in the principles, but again, I didn't know anything about doing a proper consultation, a proper exam, a proper report of findings. I didn't know anything about treatment plans. I just adjusted and loved on people and a little bit, of, but I was making seven, they was paying me $700 every two weeks to take care of a family of five. I mean, it, it, it's pretty crazy. So then I went to another associateship job and I started making a little bit of money there because it was a personal injury clinic. And they were paying me better. Um, but at the same time, again, they weren't teaching me other than, you know, it was it was kind of a PI scam type deal that I was seeing lots of people. And it, I won't go into it, but I was just a young doctor. I was just adjusting, right? Yeah. So what happened was I finally, I, I got a phone call out of the blue. And we, again, we're, we're doing better. We're actually feeding ourselves and, you know, paying for gas and, you know, and, and, and all those things. But I get a phone call from a friend of mine that I went to chiropractic school out of the blue. Again, God laid his hand and said, I, I got you. You've went through enough. Have you seen this? You've been put through it. And he invited me to a, um, a management uh, a group, a, a coaching me in Chicago. And I said, Scott, I can't afford that. He said, look, you just get your flight. I'll pay for the room. I'll pay for everything. You just get here. All right. So I tell my wife that I, I need, I don't even know. I just know. It's like, I knew that I needed to be a chiropractor. I knew I needed to go to this. And yeah. I do nothing about it, right? Well, so my wife, this was back when you, you know, you didn't use credit cards or auto debt. You wrote checks to pay for bills. She yeah. paid all our bills one month, but she forgot to sign the check. So we had enough money so I could you know, get a plane ticket. Again, I go and I, I go to this, this coaching group and this, the doctor that runs it standing up there talking. And the things he was saying was speaking into my heart, just like Dr. Gibson spoke chiropractic. This guy was speaking how to take chiropractic and be successful with it. Like, this is what you do. It spoke it into my heart. And bam, I came home that from that weekend. I said, my wife's down and said, sit down. We're going. I got a plan. And she's like, all right. And that's my wife. I mean, when, from the day we met, we yeah. look at each other and we had a plan. And then 28 years later, we're still planning. But with that being said, we went out on our own and, and started our own practice and Boom. I mean, that was in 1990, the end of 98, the beginning of 99. And we haven't stopped since. It's just been an explosion. And I know, I know what it, I know what it's like to get through school and struggle. I know what it's like to get out of school and not have a clue and struggle and no one help you, but also know what it's like given if I receive the answer and run with it. And that's why I push so hard today, because I've got all these years of experience and I don't want anyone to go through what I went through. I don't want them to stand there with a family of five going, how am I going to, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I, what am I going to do? I don't have an answer. That's why I push so hard. That is awesome. And so through that years, are, are you kind of more of a self-driven person or, or do you like really try to focus uh, by surrounding yourself with like-minded people? Do you have some good mentors along the way or, or are you pretty internally driven? No, you know what? Both. You know, both. And I think I think it's important. I think that you have to have the desire and drive to become a better human being. I think you got to have, you know, personal development is everything to me. It's like a drug. I, yeah. I get a, I get up at four o'clock every morning. 
I listen to my podcast on the gym. I listen to something while I'm working out. I listen to something on the way home. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm reading. I got the ultimate coach. I mean, I'm constantly, but I've had amazing mentors through the years. I'm always surrounding myself with people that I want to be more like, right? See, you know, when I, when I was bodybuilding, you know, here's what I did when I was, you know, 18 years old, I decided I want to be a bodybuilder. Well, I went to the gym, Gold's gym right there by my house. And I found the biggest guy in the gym. His name was Tim Miles. <laughs> totally. okay. And he was Mr. Missouri. And back then, he was an absolute giant. I'd never seen a human being. I didn't know they made him this big, right? <laughs> and I got his back pocket. Every time he turned around, I'm standing there. Hey, Tim, can I borrow your belt? Can I work out with you? Will you come spot me? What are you eating? You know, just constant. And he's like, oh, good Lord. You know, and but he, but, uh, he, he helped, right? Yeah. Well, then I kept on and kept on and kept on and kept on. Well, long story short, I became Mr. Missouri. Right. And then you just keep finding bigger people. Well, in practice, I finally realized, you know, I didn't even know big practices existed. All I ever saw was my uncle's practice. And he was 20 a day, $20 a visit, that little hillbilly practice. I was like, I don't really want that, but I didn't know what I wanted because I had never been exposed to it. Right. Once I was exposed to it, then I saw these, these mentors, these doctors that there were several of them. I mean, I've, I've got a group of them that I can name like this. What's really cool. This is it's surreal. And it's, um, really kind of mind-blowing that I look back at that time in my life and the guys I looked up to with the big practices, with successful lives, they were building new homes, they were driving new cars, they were loving life, they were my coaches. Mm-hmm. To now, this day, every single one of them are in my coaching group. I'm their coach. And it's, it's one of the greatest honors that I have. And I look at them with such reverence and yeah. such respect, you know. But to your point, I always push. I just turned 56 years old and I'm laughing. I'm like, game on. I've only begun this journey, right? I just, I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly pushing myself, but I'm constantly surrounding myself with bigger mentors. Now I have guys like, you know, Tony Robbins and, you know, Gary Vee and, you know, and I know, you know, Alex uh, Hermosi and, you know, those are the guys that I listen to now because I want to take what I've, what I've learned, what I've experienced, what I've created to a whole new level to help more people. And that's why I appreciate this opportunity so much. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, and again, that's the whole idea is we have to, sometimes you have to step out of the profession to learn how other people have spread a message because like we always talk about the seminar experience. If you just end up talking to the same people in the same seminar, like you're just talking to the same people all the time and yeah. we need to get more people uh, involved, right? Absolutely. So tell me, um, because there are some people who have been uh, kind of like defeated and burnt out and, and they feel like they've just kind of lost all their momentum in life. Have, have you, like, I'm sure you've gone through ebb and flows in life. Is there times where you've been kind of feeling defeated and what were some of the things you did to kind of get out of that? You know, yeah, there was, there were, there's been a lot of times like, well, when we, when you're, you know, go to put your key in the lock and your office is taken away from me. Um, I'll never, one of the times it was, um, I was at my second associateship job and me, my wife and our three kids live in a two bedroom apartment. And it was, and we, and it was down the street. My, my oldest daughter was in gymnastics. So every dime we had went to gymnastic bills, but we were committed to our family, whatever it took. Well, I remember going to the office one time, this was like 1998 and 97, 90, probably 97. And, um, I remember every, every patient that came in, it was just, I'm not getting better. I feel worse. I'm hurting. You hurt me. All these things. And I remember sitting, I come home. And I was so defeated. I, and I really remember specifically thinking, this was so long ago, I'm, I'm out at the pool. My girls are in a swimming pool at the, at the apartment complex. My wife is cooking dinner. And I've got my little boy, and, and I've got him in one of those little bouncy things. And I'm bouncing with my foot. It's weird. I can remember this just like it happened yesterday. And I remember thinking to myself, 
I picked the wrong profession. This isn't what I, 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 I can't do this. I'm not, you know, everybody I'm doing it wrong. I'm living in, I've got a family in this little tiny apartment. I, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, and you just, you do, you feel defeated. You feel like you, you just don't know where to turn. Well, hell, you know, even pass it, failing boards three times. I was ready to get a rope. I was like, what, what do I got to do? Right. So I remember going through that and I got up the next morning. Well, what do you do? You got to get up. You know, you have to get up and you had to go to back to the office. And then what was crazy was that next day, everybody's feeling better. It was two new patients like what's happening. So yeah, well, you know what though? We, we all go through moments. I don't, you know what, since then I've had some tough times. Um, I've a lot of stuff that my, my, own, of my own creation, you know, we, we make stupid mistakes. Yeah. I'll tell you something though. I, I, I never, I, I, I'm one of those people that I'd really never feel defeated. You're, you're only defeated when you quit, right? You, you're never defeated. You, you may have temporary setbacks and you may get knocked down, but I have always got, I mean, I have a whole story. I'm writing a book right now. And it's about this story, but um, I always get back up. And so for the people who are feeling like defeated, like they just don't know where to turn. I'm going to tell you the answer. Get up at four o'clock in the morning. You ain't going to like to hear this. Nobody's going to want to hear this. Get up at four and start winning. Just waking up at four o'clock in the morning, getting up, open your eyes, getting out of bed, putting your feet on the floor. That's a win. Now, now you're up. You did it when you weren't doing it. So you've already started momentum. And then you tell yourself this, and I teach all my doctors I work with, this, this is what I do religiously seven days a week when my feet hit the floor i i make myself think this and now it's a habit the way i do anything is the way i do everything and that's how i start my day and so i get up i've already got my clothes set out i get my clothes on i tie my shoes the same way everything is a ritual i get my clothes on i go to the gym i i listen to what i read everything i do is systematic and it's a win I ran, I got up this morning, ran four miles. I hate to run, but my wife's got me doing a half marathon with her, but I did it. And when I got done, I mean, I remember that last half a mile. I just, I was, I was like, if somebody was to hit me in the face with a rake, I would have a better time than I'm having right now. Right. But I get done. I did it to win. So what happens is you got to get life in motion and you can't be defeated if you don't quit. And so I just keep moving and you keep moving and you keep moving and you keep moving. And as long as you're moving, you're creating success. Whether you even, if, if I get it, I, I want to be the most successful husband on the planet. The, the, every thought I have is my thoughts, my words, and actions are to honor my wife. She never walks by that sink. If, there's a, if I'm home, there's never a dirty dish in it. It's not her job. I want her to walk by and go, man, this kitchen is always clean. The clothes are always put up. Things are done. She didn't have to ask me to do it. That's not always been me, but these are the things I'm creating, right? And yeah. so I, I really think that, you know, and with chiropractic, if, you, if, you're, if you're feeling defeated, it's simply because you've either quit or you're not looking for the appropriate answer, right? You're not looking for the answer because the answers are out there. The answers are out there. There's, there's too many successful chiropractors. My yeah. daughter is in her third year or just started her fourth year of practice. She's got the largest pediatric practice in the world. I promise you there's not a person that can touch her. She doesn't know that. She doesn't want anybody to know that, but daddy is bragging. Yeah. I know that because I'm worldwide. I know what's going on out there, but she doesn't understand defeat because she's never quit. And that's, that's what I got to get through to everybody. As long as you keep moving and you keep learning and you keep pushing, there is no such thing as defeat. 
let's let's use an example of when you're doing that run today and you're like dying. Let, let's tell me about the conversation in your brain because obviously, like uh, you, you get the conversation that comes up that's like that that it's like the 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 devil and the angel on each shoulder, and and just maybe go through that conversation you'd have with yourself because I think it's in the mini spots that yeah. you catch yourself before you. So that's spiral. funny. It's funny you brought that up. So this morning wasn't quite as bad because I was on the treadmill in the gym. It was early um, and it, it was real windy and cold here. So I didn't go out and run. Uh, but um, Saturday, um, Saturday, we had a five mile run. So we got this training thing, right? So it was Saturday was five miles. Today was and then today was four. Wednesday's four. And then this weekend, six. I'm not, not looking forward to that. But anyway, so my <laughs> wife and I, we ran together and she can run. She did the full marathon last time. This woman could run five miles and act like nothing happened. And I'm so anyway, that internal dialogue. So we we're running together. We go down here in Oklahoma City. We have this river and, and there's uh, this, uh, the boat house. And then there's this uh, trail along the river that the the, uh, the Red River and you can run it. So and it's windy. Good Lord, is it windy? And, and, I, and it's got little hills and stuff. And so we're here we go. And the first mile is not bad. Second mile. About the third mile, I started feeling it. Yeah. And I told my wife when we got done, if you could have heard the dialogue going on in here along the way, you would have thought that I had lost my mind, that I was literally schizophrenic because I had, like you said, I had this whole, I need to walk. You don't need to walk. You're not dying. You're not dead. Well, I feel like I'm going to die. My feet are hurting. All that, my, 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 I had this thing with my foot. I just over and just, just. And then I started, then I started screaming at myself, you big freaking, you little, you know, B, that's what I kept calling myself, you little B, you know? And, um, and then, and it's like, okay, what difference does it make if you walk for, you know? And so this whole thing, right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and it was loud in my head and she had no idea. I'm just, cause she's just running like, you know, it's just a great day. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> and then about, about a mile and a half to go. Then I decided, you know what? I'm done. You know, I'm wearing myself out with this. So what I started doing was I started looking up and I would get a, destin a destination. I'd see a tree or a bridge we ran under or something. And it would be just, I don't know, just not too far. Yeah. And that was my goal. That's my, I, I can do, it. I will not die. You can do that. And I put my head down and I would, I wouldn't even look where I was going. I'd look down and I would just keep my feet moving until I got there. And it's like, okay, you didn't die. Do it again. And I did that all the way through five miles. And it was, you know what? And sometimes in life, I, you know, I do a lot of coaching. I work with doctors all over the world. And some of the things that they call me with, about 80% of everything they call me with have nothing to do with chiropractic. I mean, totally. some horrific things. I had a doctor who, well, he, he couldn't find his wife and he found her at work. She had shot herself, um, you know, and he called me. I had another doctor whose best friend was dad. He fell over in his arms, died of a heart attack in his arms. Another guy, another doctor, he um, just found out his wife had four affairs, was leaving him. I mean, these are the things people call me with, right? Yeah. And, and you have to. And so it's great that you're bringing this up because here's what happens. That run, that internal dialogue, you can imagine that's a, it's a freaking run. Who cares? It's so insignificant in the, in the, in the, uh, the whole uh, scope of life. But when you're going through those tough times, you have those dialogues, right? Right. Here's the thing. One foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. You're going to be in a huge cloud of brain, but as long as that one foot goes in front of the other, the cloud will move. And now you're here, not here. And so I think, I think those, it's, I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it's, a, it's a great analogy for life. When you get done, when I got done, I told my wife, I said, if you could have heard this dialogue and I was hating every minute of it, 
but I'm so proud that we did it. I feel so good about mm-hmm. winning. It was a win for me. And I know there's people who listen to this that like, you know, I listen to David Goggins. I don't know if you knew who that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he just ran 240 miles and I'm like, oh my God, he gets, he runs 12 miles every seven days a week, just, just as just for fun. Right. And I'm trying to live through five, right? And I'm thinking, okay. But here's the thing. We're all different. We're all made different. We all different, different situations. Five miles might be 500 miles to somebody, might be five minutes to other people. It doesn't matter. The internal dialogue, you're going to have it, but you win. You, you win. You don't let, you don't let that, that the devil on this side beat the angel on this side, right? Yeah. The devil needs to come out sometimes. You know, I, I, I'm going to make a t-shirt. My, you know, this is my favorite shirt now. You know, tell the truth and deliver on the truth. That's my yeah. motto in life. Yeah. But I'm going to get another one. It's going to say I'm somewhere between Rocky and Gandhi, right? Yeah, That's totally. You know, <laughs> I, I, I will fight. I will fight you to the last breath, but then I will love you and, and give you my life. I mean, and we got to fall in there somewhere. So that internal dialogue is powerful, man. You got to learn to control it. Well, I think that's, that's cool because what I've done it, like I played basketball for 30 years uh, and kind of beat up my knees. So I, I'm doing spin classes now. And yeah. the funny thing is, is when we get to the crazy time of spin class, I've actually made it a game in my head and I'm like, here comes the voices. And so like, the cool thing is, is that you can use it. Like if it's a run or a spin class, you can use it as a training ground and then almost pull outside your body and go, this is how I, I would deal with stuff like in practice or when it actually is really important. Like we said, yeah. it's kind of insignificant on a spin class or run, but that is like the training ground. So I, I really yeah. like how that dialogue you're talking about. It's powerful. I'll tell you something. My son is a professional MMA fighter yeah. and he's, 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 he's just like one step away from UFC. He's got about me one, maybe two more fights. And anyway, we were talking, we were talking about this and, and here recently, my wife and I were looking and he had 12 amateur fights before he turned pro. And that's, that's a lot of amateur fights. Right. And then yeah. we got to look at, cause we were just kind of curious, those guys he fought, you know, what are they doing now? None of them stuck with it. Everyone, everyone that he, he fought, he, he only, he only lost three times. He lost twice to guys he beat prior and he got caught in, they were jujitsu guys. So he got caught in chokes. And then he, he, he lost a split decision in the national championship title, right? So he had a successful career, but none of those guys are fighting. And we were telling him that. And he said, yeah, he said, no, here's the thing. One of my coaches taught us this. It's not who's the best. It's, it's who's still here. Right. Who's still, who's still in the game. And so you can't play basketball no more. I'm getting on a bike. You know, I was a, I was a you know, bodybuilder, a powerlifter. I did all those things. I can't do that anymore, but I can go when I can do whatever I can do. Right. I'm still in the game somehow. And then that dialogue is what creates from one to the next. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I really love that you've done, well, just your whole evolution and through your whole profession is, is tell me a little bit how, why you started focus the, the seminar. Cause I, like, like, I really, I'm like, I'm telling, I try and always encourage everybody to organize groups in their area, but tell us a little bit how that started. Well, oh, so it's an interesting story, right? It's, um, I, uh, uh, in that, in that coaching group, right. That what I was talking about before. And that was the only, the only group I'd ever been in. Right. I didn't know, I didn't know anything outside of that. And so just inside that, I thought that was what chiropractic was. Oh my gosh. How many years ago now? It's been uh, 14, 15, 17 years ago. Um, my wife and I, we were at home and, and I was just curious. I was hungry for um, chiropractic philosophy. And this is when the internet first came out, right? Just, just got started. So I get on and I, I don't know, you know, American online or whatever. And I, put in chiropractic philosophy. Well, this website pops up, Dead Chiropractic Society. What is that, right? So I started digging and, and come to, there's a seminar, there's a big 
thing in California, Cal Jam. Yeah. I knew nothing of Bill. I knew nothing of any of these people, right? I didn't know anything. And so I told my wife, I said, you know, something just, again, like things happen to me. You need to go do this, right? You need to go to this. So I told her and she, so she got my ticket and I went and I went by myself. I didn't tell anybody, even my closest friends, because I was afraid that it might be another coaching group. And if the coaching group I was in found out they were weird about stuff like that, that's a whole nother story. So I sat there at, at, at Cal Jam. And if you've ever been to Cal Jam, you know what I'm talking about. 3000 crazy philosophically nut chiropractors, just like me. And I had no idea. And I, I listened to Billy D and Brad Glowacki and, and Patrick Gentempo and these, these guys, I'm like, where have they been? I didn't even know this existed. I mean, That's I never crazy. heard I never heard of DE. I never heard of any of this stuff. So this was my first exposure to that. Like I was just blown away. So the next year I came back and I brought three of my friends and there was four of us there. And we, and they're the same way. They didn't know. And then the next year I brought 20. And then the next year I brought 200. Well, along the way, I, I, you know, that was, so Cal was in a, in a, in a spring of the year and, and we had to wait all the way next year to come back to Cal Jam. Right. And I had my coaching meetings, but it wasn't, it wasn't that. So about three years to this, I went to three um, focus or uh, Cal Jams, about to my third Cal Jam. And I come home and um, what's interesting was where I'm living right now. Um, we, we owned the land. We didn't even have a house yet. And I was riding my bike, right? I was on, I was right. I was, uh, it was like a 30 mile ride and I got 15 miles in and I got to the turn and I turned around and on, as I made the turn, it hit me, the fountain of chiropractic understanding focus. And by the time I got home, I already had, I had my first talk. I knew I wanted to come. I had it all created. And I told my wife, I said, this is what I want to do. And she goes, okay, so next year, no, we're going to do this in 90 days. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so her and I put this thing together, focused. I, I sent a message to Billy D. I sent a message to Brad Glowacki and a couple other doctors. And then uh, Dr. Gibson, my teacher, and, and I asked him to come speak and they came. And in, in 90, we had 300 people show up our first meeting. That's great. And, and that's what, and, and, and we're getting ready. This will be our 14th year of doing it. You know, we've, we've had as many as I think, I think a record has put almost 800 people in, and it's just something now that's just, it's become such a part of the culture of chiropractic that we're really proud of it. But that's, that's how it was born really. And I, and I was inspired by Billy, you know, and what's crazy is after, after we started focus, then uh, Danny Knowles, he calls me and said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this in Denver. Mile high started. And then um, Paul Reed calls me, Hey, I'm thinking about doing what you did out here in Washington. And then, you know, Cairo Fest started. And so then. You know, that's what Billy calls them, the little chiropractic terrorist organizations all over the place, you know. So we're really proud of, uh, you know, but Billy's the one that inspired it. But that's kind of how it came to be. Oh, that's cool. That's great. And then you, and then um, you started coaching. Tell me a little bit about how you, you, set, you started your uh, coaching group. So when I was in the other coaching group, you know, I was there for 17 years. And along the way, you know, you, you practice grows and you're more successful. And I actually got to where my practice was the most successful in the group. and and it. And so I was doing a lot of coaching within that group. You know, I, it wasn't mine and I didn't get paid for it, but, you know, I just did it because that's what you did, right? I, my wife and I, we laughed. We, we literally spent $20,000 a year of our own money on dinners and lunches and just helping because that's just what you did. We invite young doctors and their wives over to the house and spend time with them. And we just loved it. We love helping because, like I said before, we knew what it was like not 
to go through those. And if, if we could help somebody not go through what we went through, we were going to do everything we can, right? So right. I'm doing all this. Well, then the coaching group that I was in, they it, it kind of went in a different direction that really didn't resonate with me. It was like, okay, it was really, really good, but it went in a different direction. It's like, okay, I'm this is not who I am. So I kind of stepped out. I started doing my own thing. And by then, I... Uh, Tim O'Shea and I, we started doing adjusting courses and he started inviting me to do some continuing ed stuff over in London and just all kinds of crazy things. And so I really got busy doing that. Well, I kind of just stepped away from that other coaching group. Well, when I did that, a large group of those doctors, it was in there too. They, they came to me and said, look, you're the one that went out your way to help. You did this. We want you to start this. And I had no ambition at all. I don't want that responsibility. I don't need this. I got this successful practice. I'm doing this. We're fine. Got at other plans, you know, through a series of events. Then we had one meeting. And then um, another guy I went to school with, we were in in that coaching group together. We we started a group together called Next Level. And we kind of did it together, kind of feeling this thing out, kind of going through, trying to figure out, is this what we want to do or not? And for about three years, man, it never really, it never really took root. I think in three years we had about thirty members. I mean, it yeah. just wasn't, you know. And it, the problem was that we had two different personalities, two different philosophies. It was like going to two different meetings at the same meeting, so it, right. it was uh, inconsistent. Yeah. Well, then when we decided to go our separate way, I, I sat down and I, I had to make a decision: Do I want to continue doing this or not? And then I had to think about it. Well, it, it's not about me, right? And so. What do chiropractors truly want to know? Well, how did you do this? Don't tell me, don't tell me to go market. Don't tell me what you used to do, you know, 25 years ago. Tell me when you go to the office, what are you doing and how did you do it? So I sat down and I started writing and just creating. And this whole concept of fa- focus foundations came to me. 10 foundations, and I broke it down and I put it all in video format and I put it together fairly quickly, actually, because you know, I, I had to make it some decisions and we put it all together, hired a web designer. I, I took my phone, I created all these videos, I, you know, broke it down at the, everything I think, say, and do in the office, even videos of me in the office actually doing it so they could see it, Great. put it all together, put it out there. And within a year, we had over 200 members. And now awesome. we're, 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 we're right at 400 and, and I think 40 countries. It's just, so it just exploded. And it was just, I, you know, really it was born out of there's a need. And I, and, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I love helping. I want to, I, I do it for the simple fact that I care about chiropractors. That's why I'm on here today. It's not, you know, I, I really care. And yeah. so, and it's like being in your practice. If you don't truly care and not present with your patients, you're not going to build a very big practice if you're only doing it for a business and you know what I'm talking about. Well, it, yeah. this is the same thing. And that's why it's grown so big is because I'm doing it because I truly care it's just now trying to uh, figure out how to keep up with it. Now it's just kind of what I'm, what I'm dealing with now, but that's where this actually kind of came from, you know? That's awesome. Well, uh, coming to the end of our, we went a little bit over, but I'm totally fine if you're okay. Um, yeah. Um, if you were to able to kind of, uh, always my questions to fly back into space when you're about 18 or 19 years old. Um, and if you could give yourself, I would say it's like the Terminator, like when he could fly back in space and, and talk to his younger self, uh, what kind of words of advice would you give your younger Tim? Uh, when you're around that age? Well, you know, what's interesting is, and I think about that a lot because I, I, I get, you know, here being 56, I'm, I, my wife, she, you know, I tell her this, I'm frustrated. I get frustrated with myself that a lot of the things that I'm doing today, like the, the personal development and really working on and, and pushing that I wish I'd have done younger. 
I wish I'd have done you. And we did, we did great. We accomplished a lot of things, but it, man, and it, but the, the deal is where, where I'm from, you didn't talk about success. You didn't have coaches or mentors. You didn't, you didn't want more. You just basically survived. That's all, you know, that, and that was the way you were supposed to be. I, if I could go, if I could go back and, and whisper stuff in my ear, get out, like get out, go find, go, go look, get beyond your circle. Like you were talking about earlier, you know, the, the, the little environment that I was in was, it was, cre- you know, everything around it was created about not right. And, and, and be okay with that. I right. wished, I wished I would have my wife and I talk about this all the time. Um, she had a little bit more of experience than I did. She had a successful aunt. And so she got to see that and I never got to see it, but you know, it's one of those things though, that my book that I'm writing is called, it had to happen. Right. So yeah. everything in our lives had to happen. You know, I was in, I was in the situation I was in, I was in the environment I was in, but had I not been in that, I would have never met her. And then we wouldn't have gotten together. We wouldn't have created what we have. So, you know, you can say, I wish I would have done, but had I, I wouldn't be here. So it's kind of hard to say that, you know? Well, it's so funny because I I find whether you're like in bodybuilding or for me, basketball, like if you take that skill and transmit it into chiropractic, because you went and found the biggest bodybuilder in the gym. I found the best basketball player I could play and then just played against. And the funny thing is, is that I didn't translate that into chiropractic as quick either. So it sounds like, because then that's what you want to do in a profession is, is find the biggest guy in the gym or the best guy in the court or the best chiropractor in practice. And then, yeah, you know, you think about this, you know, it's like, one of, my, one of my biggest driving forces, what I, what I really love about life is human potential, mm-hmm. right? It's this human potential. You know, Shannon and I, we were a couple of years ago, we were in the Bahamas for New Year's Eve and we were at, uh, you know, and when we were there, um, there was a huge mega uh, uh, ship, this uh, a yacht, and it was like a $85 million yacht and it's called Rocket. Well, it's Jimmy John, you know, Jimmy John sandwiches. Okay, uh, do you yeah. guys have those in Canada? Yeah, no, I don't think so. We've heard, heard of it. But you know what I'm talking about? It's, you yeah. know, it's the, and he's a billionaire. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting, we're sitting there looking at this yacht and it's just breathtaking. I mean, look at how big this personal boat is. He started making sandwiches in his garage, right? So a man who made a sandwich in his garage now is a multi-billionaire and owns this mega yacht. I love human potential. So you ask yourself, you know, whether it's being a basketball, how far can I take it? You know, you know, you know, being a bodybuilder, how big can you get uh, being a chiropractor? Well, how many patients can you see? I mean, right. how big can you grow your practice? And, and if you're not striving for that, but why, why, why wouldn't you? Cause that's human potential. Well, you know, I've kind of taken, I, I took everything to my genetic limit when I was, you know, in that, and then in, in chiropractic, I mean, there's just, no, you know, I've, pretty well maxed out in chiropractic office of the things I've accomplished. And then now with the coaching, well, how many, how many chiropractors do I want to help? Now you max out your reach. <laughs> you max your reach. So what is that? I don't know, but I'm going to push until I find out. And, and that's why, you know, you're seeing, you know, when you made that comment, you're seeing me on, I'm not stopping because you know, what's crazy is it, I, I can put like five or six posts about, you know, and all I do is have these messages that chiropractors send me about the success messages. And I just take a screenshot and, and post that. Well, then, I mean, may, I may do that for weeks and out of the blue, I'm going to get a phone call from a young chiropractor, in, you know, in Arkansas or Tennessee or, or, or Sydney, Australia. We just got one from Australia. Hey, Doc, um, this is what I'm struggling with. You think you can help me? Absolutely. Right. So where, where does the reach end? Well, it shouldn't. 
right? And that's that's to me, that's what human potential is about: is is figuring out what you're capable of accomplishing, but how many people can you help with that? That's that's really my 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 goal in life. Is you know, I read this here recently. Um, and it really struck me, you know, our, our purpose in life should be to decrease the amount of net suffering in the world. Right. Well, you, you know, as chiropractors, we do that through the chiropractic adjustment. But then as a chiropractic coach, if I can coach you and guide you through either with chiropractic or how to understand it, get your, get your, um, your certainty, your philosophy even stronger, if I can teach you technique, if I can teach you to read an x-ray, or if I can just get in your head and make you realize that you're, uh, you're, uh, you can accomplish so much more, then you accomplish more. Now you're helping more people. Now your family's not struggling. Now you're, you're living life at a higher level. That's decreasing the amount of net suffering in the world. So, I mean, what's a, what could be a bigger calling? Oh, amen. 100%. I agree. All right. So in closing, we have, uh, you know, we have chiropractors again, they listen to this all over the world. Um, we're getting close to 250 million downloads, which is, uh, sorry, 250,000 downloads um, wow. for the show, which is pretty cool. But there's lots of chiropractors around. What, what would be your, your final words of inspiration for any chiropractors that are either maybe struggling or just want a little dose of inspiration on their way to work? You know, and I, I, I it's kind of funny because it's just on my mind. I did a video this morning about this. We're all born, we're all born with this, this, as we're, as babies, right? We're all born with this huge light. And, and, and if you think about it, when you see a baby, um, no matter where they are, you could be at the airport, someone's got a baby and it makes you smile, yeah. right? And everybody around it smiles. Everybody wants to look. And even little kids, even tiny little kids will come over and they want to touch it. And they want to hold it. It's like, what is it about that baby? Well, that baby is pure light, right? Yeah. It's just, there's an energy, right? Yeah. Well, what happens is as we grow, as we get older, situations um, in their life, um, you know, people, you know, uh, events, they, they kind of, and I, and I use this analogy, like putting a, a lampshade over a light and then something else happens and another lampshade. And then, you know, I, I just read this, you know, in the beginning, they want us to talk as a baby. And then we get to a certain level and they don't talk so much, you know, another lampshade, yeah. right. And it's just lampshade. And then, you know, we get through life. Well, then we get to all of a sudden, we're going to be chiropractors. Well, it's like the lampshades were taken off. Now we got a purpose. Our light is shining again. Well, then we go to chiropractic school and then our, our instructors and tests and all this beats us down for lampshades, more lampshades. So the light is there, but it's dull. It's not expressing. Okay. Then now we graduate, right? Now we're graduating. Yeah. Okay. The lampshades are off again. I have, I've made it a huge goal. And then what happens? The locks are changed. Right. Yeah. Reality sets in. Um, don't know how to care plan. Don't know how to talk to don't people. Don't have a care plan. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, I got student loans. I don't know. I, people just don't run in your office. I don't know what I'm doing because they did. School did not prepare me for this. Yeah. Lampshade, 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 lampshade. And now we're dull and dark. And so it, it, it is it is my it is my goal personally to help remove the lampshades because the light is there. And what I want everybody to understand, listening to the last things I will tell you, your Practice, new patients, collections, patient visits, your life comes from you, not to you. And what's coming, and the reason it comes from you is because of that light. Remove the lampshades. Every time that you get a new coach and they teach you something new, there's a lampshade gone. You get up at four o'clock in the morning and you start putting the right stuff in your brain, or you start working out, or you start losing weight, or whatever win you have that's removing those lampshades. And the more you remove the lampshades and the lighter your bright shines, the more people are attracted and your life changes. 
we could all just know that life is going to put them on there, but we have the potential, we have the inner, we have the power to remove those. And as long as we do that, we cannot be defeated. That's that defeat. You cannot be defeated as long as you continue to remove those shades and let that light shine. That's my best, the best advice I could ever give you. That's great. Well, amen, brother. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm honored. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks. And so everybody else there, I hope you got lots from this episode. And until next time, shift on. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.